0: And then it says Jesus is our sacrifice. But verse 15 tells us that the day of sacrifice has not completely ended. There are still sacrifices for us to make. Do I have your attention? Notice, if you will, in verse number 15. By him, therefore, let us offer. There are more sacrifices to make. Here they are. Let us offer the sacrifice of of praise to God, not once, not often, not occasionally. But let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Heavenly Father, bless the preaching. I love this wonderful book, and I'm just amazed at it. I'm just thankful for the wonderful truths that are not just so rich and wonderful. And Lord, they're given for us to understand. And Lord, help us in our relationship with you that it may become deeper and sweeter and more enjoyable. And that our service for you, as Brother Perry mentioned in his prayers, Our days are often long, and our day on Sunday is long in serving you, but it's always a good thing to be tired from serving you through the day. And I pray that you'd help us as we hear the message tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. A few weeks ago I was reading not only this passage of Scripture, but another passage that I'll show you in a few minutes that talks about Uh, sacrifices of our day and I thought about how in the Old Testament before the coming of Christ who is the fulfillment of the law uh, the people made animal sacrifices to God I thought how it would have been to make such an offering to God in many ways it's both interesting and it is intriguing to me Think, if you will, if we took a ram, if we took a bullock, if we took a, a lamb or even a turtle dove, something small, it was made so that anyone could make sacrifice to God. If we took an innocent little lamb, a beautiful little lamb, and we took that lamb to the tabernacle or we took it to the temple and we took it to the priest, and we saw that innocent little animal like in those days, they, they mostly raised them. There were folks that sold uh, there at the temple where they could purchase those. But it wouldn't matter if you had a lamb for five minutes or raised it from birth. To take that lamb and give it to the priest. And that priest would take the lamb and take some type of an object, a knife, and he would kill the lamb. He would spill the blood of that lamb. Yes, what, well, preacher, that that... that That sounds bad, doesn't it, to take the life of an innocent little lamb and to see its blood spilled, caught in a basin. Most of that animal then laid on an altar and just burnt. And then its blood taken in and offered uh, on uh, the place of offering that blood. That's not a very pretty picture, but Calvary wasn't either. And it pointed them to their faith in the coming Christ. That's a wonderful object lesson for them as they would offer that sacrifice of an animal and they would just see the life and hear the bleeding, the bleating of the lamb, the crying of the animal as its life left its body. Looking at something that was just helpless and something that was innocent. Friend, the the price of sin is high. The wages of sin is death. But Christ died to pay for the wage of our sin. I thought, how would it be to live in those days? And I thought, you know, I was intrigued for a while as I pondered and I thought maybe it would do us good if we had to take an animal that we had raised and take it to a priest and watch the priest take its life And understand that if it were not for the sacrifice in my place, I would have to die and pay for my sin. But Christ died in my place. I'm glad we don't do those sacrifices. That would be a difficult thing to do. But as I came to the understanding of this passage, I understood you are supposed to make a sacrifice. But it's not a sacrifice of an animal. It's a sacrifice of praise continually. I am supposed to visit Calvary in my mind. I am supposed to visit the price that was paid, the sacrifice that was made for me. There are several different types of sacrifices that were made in those days. There were five different ones in the Old Testament. There was the burnt offering, Leviticus 1, and uh, uh, chapter uh, 8 as well. Then there was the grain offering. Uh, There was the peace offering. There was the sin offering, most all of these. in Leviticus talking about the holiness unto the Lord that sin had to be paid for. Then there was the trespass offering, Leviticus 1, Leviticus 2, Leviticus 3 of the sin offering of Leviticus 4 trespass offering in Leviticus 5 all of these involved different things that they would bring whether it be an animal or grain or fruit and they had a specific purpose and they were usually divided into three portions sometimes just two there was God's portion that was given to him and there was a portion for the Levites or for the priests that they received uh, from that offering and if there was a third there was a third uh, portion that was kept for the person that was offered the sacrifice biblical worship always involved an element of sacrifice sacrifice means death so biblical worship always involves sacrifice I, I will tell you it is a bit offensive to me to see a church service advertised as praise and worship and it's nothing but worldliness on the platform something from the world and as if we're giving that to god worship is nothing that's entertainment worship is offering a sacrifice to god worship is a gift we give to god who saved us from our wretched and lost condition worship is a distinct method of approaching god There are basically three ways or three reasons or categories that we approach God. And I love this. If this is all you get in the message, it'll be worth your coming. There's prayer and there's thanksgiving, and that's closely associated with praise. But then there's worship. Let let, let me give an example. Uh, Joel, you be God, and you stand right here facing that direction. And I'm just going to use this as an uh, uh, object lesson uh, these uh, represent blessings, all right? Uh, there's all kind of blessings in our life. Uh, they are the blessings of our health, and we ought to be thankful for our health. There's the blessings of our family, uh, there's the blessings of our home, uh, there's the blessings of peace, there's the blessings that are spiritual, that are physical. Uh, everything, this building is a blessing. Your faithfulness in giving and how God blessed it, uh, that is a blessing. So I, I go to God for three things. First of all, prayer is concerning my needs and god has everything i need Uh, but my god shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by christ jesus so i go to god in prayer and i say oh god Uh, many times today i've said oh god please help me as i preach i don't want to fail you but lord i don't want to fail the people would you grant me a portion of the holy spirit power that I can speak in a way that's understood both in mind and heart. I've asked God in that way. There are many blessings that God has given in direct answer to prayer. And I come to God and I say, God, uh, could you meet this need? And God, He takes one of His blessings and He gives it to me. And then I say, And Lord, I, I, I don't want to ask too much, but Lord, we, we have so many needs. And Lord, could you meet this need, please? And I claim your promise, and God gives me another blessing. This is what prayer is. By the way, we've got more of these blessings than we often are thankful for. God's good to us. God, could you please provide for my family? Could you meet my need? Oh, God, thank you so much. God, would you provide for the ministries of our church? God is such a great giver. He gives and he gives and he gives and that's what prayer is. Then there is praise or there is thanksgiving. I take time to look at the blessings I have. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for our church. I thank God today for the uh, security team. I thank God today for the ushers and for the greeters, specifically this morning. I thank God, and I told some of the men before the service, thank you for the good job that you do. And greeting and welcoming the folks and taking care of us. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the financial blessings. And so I go back to God. And I say, God, I I, want to thank you for blessing my family. And I want to thank you for the meals that you've given me today. And I want to thank you for our church and how wonderful it's been to be in church. Some of you can't see this blessing, but this is the church. And uh, this is my meal today that Leah prepared for me. Oh, it was delicious. In fact, I just forgot what I was preaching about, thinking about that meal. And, and so I come back to God, and I praise Him, and I thank Him for His goodness. But let me tell you what worship is. Prayer is saying, Lord, would you give me what I need? And He tells me to do that, come boldly to the throne of grace, that you might, might find grace to help in the time of need. He meets our needs, amen? amen? And then we go back, and we say, thank you. Let me show you what worship is. Worship has nothing to do with these things, with these things. Excuse me while I went back and speaking Greek there for a moment, uh, for these things. Let me tell you what worship is. God, I just thank you for being you. I, I didn't come to ask for anything, I just came to thank you for your love and your mercy. I came to thank you for who you are. I came to praise your name and to thank you for all that you are in your word and how you control the world and how that you're in control. You see, worship is not about things. Uh, 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 Worship is about God. Most of our time before God is in prayer asking for things. We sometimes go back and say thank you, but worship don't have anything to do with the things. It has everything to do with giving God what He deserves. And you know what God wants? I can't give Him anything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns a wealth in every mind I can't give him any things or oh, I give my offering I give a tithe and 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 but I'm not I'm not blessing God I'm letting God bless me but uh, when I worship him I'm thinking of him personally I'm praising him and that's what this is talking about uh, you don't have to take an animal tomorrow and take it to a priest and offer a Thanksgiving or you don't have to take meal or you don't have to take fruit but I'm telling you there's a sacrifice of praise that if we're not giving that to God continually, we're failing God in our Christian life and God deserves our worship it's not about things, it's about the giver of things I read the story of a woman who was saved from a fire in London, England she was on the top floor of the tenant building it was a typical story that you would see in a, in, in a film, and she was crying for help. Her situation was hopeless, a young firefighter. They extended the ladder, and he went up the ladder. Brother Elijah and I were talking about that training. I said, what would you do in your training this week? He's preparing to be a fireman. And he said, maybe it wasn't this week. I asked him what the most frightening thing uh, he had done, and he said, going up that ladder. I said, how tall was it? He said, I don't know. He, he said, I, I didn't want to look down, but it was a long way just looking up. And he said, of course, you're harnessed there, but you don't want to fall off even in the harness. And he said, you get up there, and the trainers, they sort of move the ladder a little bit. And uh, he said, it was a frightening thing. I thought about that as I was reading this story. And uh, this woman was saved from the fire as this uh, fireman put the ladder up there, and he and, and saved her life. With all the emotion of the day, she failed to thank him. And the next day she thought, I've got to find that man and thank him for his goodness to me. So she got his name, she found his address, and she went to say thank you. When she said thank you and he accepted her thankfulness, they began a conversation. She found out he was a single man. He found out she was a single woman. So Elijah, there may be a rainbow at the end of that ladder, I don't know. She found out he was a single man and their conversation began and they actually, they fell in love, they got married. God saved us from a burning fire. The least I can do is go thank him for his goodness. But when I went to say thank you, I found his presence was so wonderful. Wonderful. When I went to say thank you, I found that his love was so attractive. I found that his personality was so great. I didn't want to say thank you and leave. I just wanted to stay. And that's what worship is. You see, sometimes we'll allow those that misuse a word to cause us to shun that behavior. And I'm preaching tonight that you and I should be offering sacrifices. We, we don't have to take a portion of our meal. We, we, we don't have to take a portion of our fruit. We, we, we don't take an animal to a priest that would offer it, spill its blood and burn its body on the, on the altar. But we ought to go in his presence and say, Lord, I'm not here to ask you for anything or thank you for what you've already done. I just want to thank you for being you. I just want to be in your presence for a while. Isn't it a good thing to be in the presence of someone that you know loves you? Someone that you know accepts you for who you are and helps you to be a better person? That's who God is. Hollywood doesn't deserve my time. Did you hear what I said? Hollywood doesn't deserve my time. This whole entertainment world, they haven't done anything for me. They don't deserve my time. Oh, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, who left the portals of glory to walk among sinful men, uh, to live in this whole earth and to be crucified at the hands of wicked men, uh, he does deserve my time. He does deserve my attention. He does deserve my praise. And he does deserve my worship. Take your Bibles and go with me to Deuteronomy chapter six. Book of Deuteronomy is Deuteronomy is preparing them to go into the land of Canaan. He's telling them what to do when they get there. And this instruction given to them is about the fruit offering that they're to give him. I want us to look at a few of these verses. Deuteronomy chapter 26, please. Deuteronomy chapter 26. Notice, if you will, let's begin in verse number 1. And it shall be when thou art come in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance and possessest it and dwelleth therein, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee and shall put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. And thou shalt go unto the priest that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God that I am come unto the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers for to give us. And the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand, and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God, and thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, Assyrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a the few. And because they're a nation great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. May I stop and say that is a description of what sin does. And it's sad when the government gets involved. Listen to me now. Listen to me, fellas. Are you listening to me? Uh, Listen to me. Uh, It's a shame when the government gets involved in advertising things that afflict us. And that put us in bondage and treat us evil. And that's what liquor does. And that's what gambling does. And that's what this, uh, uh, this uh, foolish, wicked, immor- immorality behavior does. It afflicts us. It wounds us. What a shame. And that's what Egypt did to the people of God. Verse number 7. When we cried unto the Lord God of our fathers, the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm. By the way, I don't understand why anybody that's been delivered from affliction wants to go back to the place and let the afflictors entertain them. Don't have anything to do with the message. You don't have to give anything extra. It's already The sermon's already paid for. I'm just throwing this in extra. But I don't understand folks that want to be entertained by those that afflict them. I don't don't understand why we want to be entertained by those that want to take our lives. God set us free. We ought to be praising Him, not spending our time worshiping or spending our time letting those entertain us that afflicted us. What we ought to be doing is praising the one that set us free from that affliction. And that's exactly what He's telling them to do. Verse number 9, "...and that brought us into this place." And hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 10. And now, behold, I have brought the firstfruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me. And thou shalt set it before the Lord God and worship before the Lord thy God. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God giveth unto thee and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. Now, here's what they were supposed to do. They go into the new land and they plant their fruit trees. Uh, they plant uh, their pomegranates. Is that a fruit or a vegetable? Well, we'll call it a fruit tonight. Uh, uh, they uh, they plant their uh, their apple trees, their pear trees and all the different fruit they had they were to take a basket and collect a portion of that fruit just so they were reminded that all of it came from God they were take a portion of that and they take it to the priest and they say to the priest that god is the one that delivered us we used to be in egypt and boy they treated us evil and they afflicted us and they and they, they brought death and they made life difficult oh but god set us free and he's given us this land and this this fruit doesn't belong to pharaoh uh, this this fruit doesn't belong to egypt it doesn't belong to the uh, slave masters God gave us this fruit and we brought a portion back in this basket just to say thank you and we came to praise you for who you are. Now God taught them to do that. That was something they did that would remind them. It would remind them that what they had was the blessings of God. You say, but we don't have anything like that. We we, we give our tithe and that's all. Oh, listen to me. There's more to it than that. The Bible tells us in uh, this passage that there is the the sacrifice of praise. Uh, The Bible tells us in Psalm 116 verse number 17... I will offer unto thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and then in Romans chapter 12 verse number 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, I contend tonight that that he deserves not just a basket of fruit, that he deserves not just a basket of grain, that he deserves not just an animal from the flock, He deserves my life to give him. And as you go to work tomorrow, you ought to praise his holy name. No matter where you are, this old heathen world, uh, they don't care if they curse God's name in public. You ought to praise his name in public. They don't care if they take God's name in vain. You shouldn't care to say amen and praise praise the Lord. You shouldn't be ashamed to bow your head at lunch tomorrow wherever you eat, from Kentucky Fried Chicken to McDonald's or wherever you eat, you ought to bow your head and let everybody know, I'm thankful to the God of heaven that's provided for me what I enjoy tonight. We do make sacrifices. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you made a sacrifice to God? Why is it called a sacrifice? Why is it called a sacrifice? Because I stopped doing what I'm doing. I stopped making money. I stopped making gain. I stopped doing what I'm doing. I stopped what's pleasurable, what's entertaining, what's what's enjoyable to the flesh. And I say, God deserves my praise. I'm going in here to give him a sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm going to my prayer closet. I'm going to the field. I'm going to my private place. I'm giving to him the sacrifice of praise. And more than that, in the morning we ought to yield our lives to him and say, Lord, my tongue is yours today. My mind is yours today. My eyes are yours today. My ears are yours today. My hands are yours today. My feet are yours today. My body is yours today. I want to serve you. I want to bring praise. I don't give an animal because you are the fulfillment of the law. When you made that sacrifice on Calvary, never have we had to offer another animal. Animal. Never have we brought another peace offering or a meal offering or a fruit offering. We don't bring those anymore. Christ is our sacrifice. So I go to him and I give him the sacrifice of praise. I go to him and I give him the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I go to him and I give myself a living sacrifice. This is the truth. I have three minutes left and I'm now to the three points of my sermon. I'll give each of them 60 seconds in this outline. You will find in these verses, Deuteronomy 26, you'll find, first of all, the worshiper is to show his appreciation. It wasn't the fruit. It was the appreciation. It's not what we're doing right now. It's finding that private place and appreciating God's goodness. We have much to be thankful for. We have much to appreciate. His redemption, His restoration, His rewards. He's given us everlasting life. He's adopted us into His family. His presence is with us every day. His provision is more than we need. His love is overwhelming. His forgiveness is beyond understanding. He is my advocate in heaven. As Satan comes and he is my accuser, I have an attorney. I have an advocate in heaven that every time Satan accuses me before God, my attorney stands up and said. On his behalf, I want to say his sins are under the blood. And there's never been another sin remitted to his account. He is set free. He's a child of God. There ought to be an appreciation. Second of all, there ought to be an attitude of humility. If it weren't for God, I'd still be in Egypt. If it weren't for God, you'd still be under the bondage of sin. Don't give me this stuff. Well, I'll do what I want to do. There ain't no preacher going to tell me what to do. It'd be better if you, and I don't tell you what to do, but it'd be better if a preacher told told you what to do rather than the devil. This crowd says, I'll do exactly what I want, and then you go get in line with 7 billion people in it. I see you doing what you want. I wonder why in the world everybody's in the same line. I'll tell you why. Because you're under the bondage of sin and Satan and you don't have any other choice until you come to Jesus because only Jesus can set you free. There ought to be an attitude of humility. And then last of all, I close with where I started. There ought to be an adoration. Let me give you this statement. The worshiper, as I go to make a sacrifice to God, the worshiper does not come before the Lord with a petition on his lips, but with a present in his hand. I offer to you the sacrifice of praise. You want my lips to speak your praise. His name is the highest name And every knee will one day bow. You've heard me say this. It's the highest name because God said so. And even the heathen in their lowest form of debauchery and wickedness, they always recognize his name is the highest because when they curse, they don't curse the name of Muhammad or Buddha or the Pope. They curse the name of Christ because his name is the highest name. And even the heathen in their wickedness Utter a curse word and curse the name of Christ. I want to say I don't go to the Lord with a petition when I worship him. I go to the Lord with a present in hand. I want to read this verse. David said in 1 Chronicles 29, 14. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, And of thy own have we given thee. Stand with me. You know what what the psalmist is saying? Everything I do give God, you know where I got it? I got it from him. Little children say to their parents, Can I have some money at Christmas time? What do you want money for? I want to buy presents. Who do you want to buy presents for? I want to buy mommy a present. I want to buy daddy a present. I don't want to buy my brother a present, but I want to buy my mommy a present, my daddy a present. And we give them money so they can buy us a present. You know what God did this week? He gave me an awful lot. Everything I have, he gave it to me. And I can't give him anything Except of what he gave me. Go ahead and pray this week. Ask him for what you need. He told you to. Be thankful for what he gives you. But don't miss who he is when you get there. To thank him. And stay in his presence. And just worship him for who he is. Heavenly Father thank you for the word of God.